Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence, Lord. It's getting thick up in here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just give you praise right now. Thank you, Holy One. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, we're not enough unless you come. Thank you for being here. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I love it. I love the, the song, a couple songs before that, just, it jumped out at me. That song said, when you come to the end of yourself, you know, when we, when, when we come to the end of ourselves and realize that, you know what, I've done all, I can't do nothing. I, it's not about me. I can't, I can't do this, God. I'm at the end of my, when you're at the end of your rope, he's always there. He's always there. And he, we are not enough unless he, he comes and, and he, we, we read that scripture. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. But I love that. You know, somebody said, well, he's been, a, this person, you know, has been around all my life. But, you know, there's been times in your life where y'all have been separated, right? There's times that, that you know, you, you, somebody goes on a vacation and leaves you or goes, goes to the store and leaves you or whatever. Goes down, goes to the shopping mall and leaves you and comes back. But you, but you just say, theoretically, well, they've been with me all my life. We had never really left each other. Um, but the thing is with this right here, not even for a second, it says, was I forsaken. Not, a, not even a second did he ever leave me. Not a second did he forsake me. He's always been there. And God is in this place today. And I hope online you, you feel what we feel in here. Whether you're, whichever camera you're on today. I just pray that you are able to, to feel the presence of God today. And know that. That he is in this place. And he's in your place as well. Wherever you at, he is there. So today I want to talk about finding God's will. I think a lot of people, that's a question a lot of people wonder and I get that question how do I know what God's will for my life is you know especially whenever I was a youth pastor I used to get that from teenagers weekly you know hey pastor how do I know what God's will for my life is you know does he have a plan for me why is it taking so long for him to reveal it to me why you know has he forgotten me how do you know let me tell you what God's will is a purpose a plan or desire for your life um and uh, we, we are not just here on earth just to hang out till he comes back. There, there's a plan for us while we're here. That God has things for us to do while we're here. Psalms 40 and 8, David says, I take joy in doing your will, O God, for your instructions are written on my heart. We should take joy in, in doing God's will for our lives. And so today we're going to try to find out what that is. You know, and, so, and, and, and sometimes we're like, well, I must not be in God's will because bad things are happening to me. So that means I must not be in God's will. Well, Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and called according to his purpose. So the thing is, is that um, a lot of times, you know, you'll be in, you can be in God's will and bad things can be happening to you. Because in this world, what does the word say? You will have trials and tribulations. You will have trouble. So you can actually be going through a bad time and still be in God's will because it's just life, right? You know, if you, wanna, if you want to, to be in God's will, the chances are you probably are because God is not going to hide himself, his will from you. Oh, well, it's okay. You want to find my will? Seek and find. Go find it in the world. 
It's not, it's not like that. We're not children like that to him as far as when he's going to hide his will from us. He wants to show us his will. His desire is to give us his will. His desire is for us to do his will. And he's not going to hide it from us. It's not going to be a secret. It's not going to be something that, that, that we have to really look hard for and just, just pray all the time about and all those kind of situations like that. Because every day we make decisions about God's will. We make decisions every day about God's will for our lives. We make decisions. We make choices every day about God's will. We make choices, and those choices make us. The choices that we make today are going to affect us. The choices that in five years, you're going to be, you know, what the, all the choices you've made in the last five years. You know, matter of fact, you're going to be tomorrow. You're going to be affected tomorrow by the choices that you make today. And there's several different types of, of, of well, there's, there's some different there's, there's one type of God's will. There's God's will. But I want to share a couple different types of God's will here. Um, the first one is God's predestined will. Now, don't get, I'm not, I'm not talking predestination here. But what I'm talking about is stuff that no matter what happens in life, there's certain things that's going to happen and you can't stop it. For instance, well, what are you talking about? Jesus died on the cross. That was going to happen. There's nothing they could have done to stop that. Jesus raised from the dead. It was predestined that that had to happen. And there's nothing going to change that in our lives. Matter of fact, Jesus even asked, um, Matthew chapter 26 and 39, My father, is it possible that you may take this cup from me? Yet, not as I will, but you will. At that point, God knew there had to be a sacrifice. There was nothing changing. That was God's predestined will for that to happen. There's some things that happen in, in his life that just on this earth that, that, that had to happen. And then there's kind of a, a, a moral will. That's kind of, God has a, a desire and a will for our life on how we should live, right? And, and then you, you, uh, it's kind of like the Ten Commandments, could look, you could look at that as his moral will. You know, do good, you know, and uh, love, love your neighbor as yourself. That's, it, that's the moral will of God. And then there's a desired will of God. And that's whenever we say, God, what's your will for me? This is the will that we're really talking about. Actually, all these together are encompassed in this desired will. I'm just breaking them down a little bit for you. But his desired will. His desired will for our life is more like a long-term, um, not goal, but a long-term will. Over the, over the period of our life, here's my will for you. But then he has an immediate will, okay, which is like a short-term will. In other words, what, God, what's your will for me today? So he has a, an overall desire for us of how we should live but then he has stuff that he wants us to do today and all that's completed in that's one is in the other right so those are all God's will I just kind of broke them down on some, some to make you kind of think a little deeper about different parts of God's will for your life um, so we, we, we read the Psalms 23 and say Lord you know thy kingdom come thy will be done right on earth as it is in heaven you know, so, so a lot of people may ask today, what's the difference between thy will and my will, right? God, you know, God is leading you. Is, 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 we ask question: is God leading me or is it just me wanting to do this? How do I understand the difference between God leading me and, and me leading me? Well, the thing is, is, is maybe there's a good job offer on the table, right? Or maybe that you, you found someone that might be a, may, a, may, a, may be a good wife or a good husband. Maybe there's a good door of opportunity open for you. Maybe there's a, there's a, a good car for you can, to buy. See, but the big question is, is, is not about that. The, big, the good question is, is that a good job offer or is that a God job offer? Is that a good door opportunity or is that a God door opportunity? Is that a good wife opportunity or is that your rib 
Is that, you know what I'm saying? Is that part of you? Is that what a God, a God thing? You know, you know we, we, sometimes we settle for better rather than for the best. There's some things in, in, in our lives, and I know it's in my time. I've had the opportunity to do some, some things. I was in a situation, and it was a whole lot better opportunity for me. But I knew it wasn't a God thing. It was just a better thing. And you've got to look in your life and say, God, is this where you ultimately want me to be? Or is, is this just the in-between? Or is this the devil trying to throw out, you know what? He's going to move up. He's going to get a better, a better situation. So why don't I offer him this one in the middle so at least it's not as good as it could be that God wants for his life. So even in our decisions, the devil will allow you to go up, increase a little bit, just so you don't increase as much as God wants you to increase. You know, um, so we don't want to settle for that. We don't, we, wanna, we don't want to settle for the good things when there's a God thing out there for us. So let's talk about this for a moment. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, it says, Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. Okay, and so the first thing I want to tell you that's not part of my, my, my message today, well, I guess it, it technically is, but what I'm saying, it doesn't have nothing to do with God's will, except for the fact that it says, the cry of my people of Israel has reached me. I want us to understand that our cries to God, our prayer to God is important. And when we cry out to God, especially as a group, the cries of Israel, the, the, the cries of kingdom impact, when we cry together to God about our community, when we cry together about our um, our, our uh, world, our nation, when we cry out together, it reaches the throne of God and he moves on that. So I want to talk to you different some things about God things or good things. God things require you, number one, God things require you to move past your level of comfort. You know, Moses was pretty comfortable keeping the sheep. He was like, you know what, I'm good, I can keep the sheep, I, I don't mind just having a staff and I'm good. I'm just going right here kicking around, kicking rocks, well, chicken poop you know but but you know the thing is is he's sitting and walking around and he's out there doing but 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 God says you know what I want you to go lead millions of people out of bondage that was outside of his comfort zone okay you know so so he 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 what did he do he did exactly what you and I would do if God asked us to do that he freaked out he did he's like oh no 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 I, I can't do that who who am I to go before Pharaoh you know who am I to do that and God said I'll be with you you know, he said, but they won't, they won't believe me. You know, they won't believe me. He says, who, who do I tell them who sent me? He said, tell them I am sent you. You know, how, how do I, what do I do? I don't know. They, they're not going to believe me. What am I going to do? And so, so he keeps on, and God is, is giving him step by step what to do. Go to this person, do these, do, do these things. And Moses is like, I, I can't do that. You know, so then God says, Look, how about this right here? When you go, you got your staff with you. Throw your staff on the ground, and it will turn into a snake. You know, and then you'll pick it up, and it'll turn, it'll turn into, back into a staff. You know, put, you put your hand inside your, 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 your pocket here into your vest, and you pull it out, and it'll be leprosy. You put it back in, and then it will and pull it back out, and it'll be clean again. You know, you throw some water on the ground, it's gonna turn, the water's going to turn to blood. He's like, you do these things, and they'll believe it. Now, I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty intense right there, ain't it? Those things that God said here, you do these things, there's going to be no question that I sent you. There's going to be no question that it's God, you know. And then it still wasn't enough. Moses says in Exodus 4 and 10, says, But Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. He, he, he had a really bad stuttering problem. 
You know, I've, I have never been, and I'm not, I'm not now, even though you've spoken to me. I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. He, he, he stuttered. And, that's to, and then, then God said, look, I'll send Aaron with you to be your mouthpiece. You know, when, whenever he, came, when he finished the sentence right here, right after that, he talk, God says, you know what, who made your mouth? I'm the creator. Do you not think that I know you? That I, if I know you and I called you and I'm telling you to do this, don't you think that I've got everything planned out? But see, when God asks us to do something that's outside of our comfort zone, we all of a sudden, we don't believe in the sovereignty and the greatness of God. We feel like he's weak all of a sudden. And he, you know, you can do anything. God, God, you, can heal, you can heal Craig or you can do all, this, do all these miracles. But, but you're asking me to go, go witness to them? I don't think you can help me do that. God, you're asking me to step out in faith. I, I, I know you could do these miracles. I've seen signs of one. You've done crazy stuff at church, and people's been healed and blessed and set free. You've done this. You provided for my family. You gave me a better job, Lord. You gave me a financial increase. But for me to go get out of my comfort zone and go do something and, and go do outreach or witness to that person or step out in faith and, and start this business, I don't think you could do that. Because we get so inside ourselves. You know, it was a last it was it was a last ditch effort and God wasn't going to take it. He said you got to go. Because that was his plan. That was his will. Number 2, God things require that you get your butts out of the way. Okay? Now, we talked about not too long ago about but God, right? When a situation happened, there was a but God moment. A bad thing happened, but God changed it into something good. Now, this is not about the but God that God intervened. This is us putting our own butts in the way. Okay, you go, look, I want you to lead a ladies' life group. Um, no, but, but God, I, I can't do that. I want you to mentor, mentor somebody. But, but God, that takes a lot of work, and I don't have time for that. Uh, I want you to pay your tithes. But, but God, I, I'm really financially struggling. You know, I want you to share your faith with your friends. But God, I, you know I'm timid. You know, um, I want you to, to be faithful to your spouse. But God, this chick looks good. You know, the thing is, I want you to take a step out of faith and trust me. But God, I can't really do, I can't really trust. I, I don't, I, but God, but God, but God. And it's, our, it's not God's but God getting in there changing things. It's our but God getting in there jacking stuff up, messing it up, saying, you know what? But, but God. And God's like, the only but God is me. It doesn't come from you. It comes from me. I step in. You can't step in and stop things like that. There was a rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10, verses 21 and 22. Jesus looked at him and loved on him, you know, and, and this guy asked him, said, how can I have eternal life? He said, he said, Jesus said, one thing, he, Jesus looked at him and loved on him. One thing that you, that you lack, he said, go and sell everything that you have and sell it to the poor, and then you will have a treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And the man fell, on, um, um, and this, the man's face fell and away, went away sad because he had great wealth. What do you mean he asked him to give all his money away? Well, you missed the first little part there. What did it say? There was one thing you lacked. He was full of pride, and he was full of himself and trusted in his finances. And he knew that as long as he, he was trusted in his finances rather than God, it wasn't going to work out. So if you want to have eternal life, you've got to trust in God. You can't trust in your own ability to make money. So he said, you know, so that was the thing. God, I, he had to get outside of his comfort zone. And this poor man here believed so much in his own, his own ability to make money and do things, he went away without Christ. He dropped, he dropped his face and he walked, walked away sad because he had great wealth. We can miss out on the things of God because of our own um, selfishness. Number three, a 
God thing requires incredible amounts of trust. You know, when you, when you do stuff for God, it's going to take a little bit of trust. Exodus 4.20, so Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, and headed back to the land of Egypt. In his, in his hand, he carried the staff of God. That staff of God assured him of the presence that God was going to be with him. And that's what he was going to use to show everybody that, that, that God was in this. But he put his family, okay, go, all these people, millions of people, you're going to lead them out of Egypt. He packed up his bags and put them on a donkey and said, okay, fam, we're going. I don't care if you want, but this is what God said. We got to go. We're going to go. So when you feel certain, when you feel uncertain about things, there's always something in your life that you have that stabilizes you. You know, and, and, and Moses had that, that, that staff. You know, I have a little, a little prayer uh, cross that I have in my hand sometimes when I'm praying just to keep me focused and sometimes I get unfocused. So it's a little prayer cross. It's a little, it's a little wooden cross that I get from Israel. And, um, and I just hold it in my hand. And you can get them on Amazon too. But, but, um, and I just hold it in my hand and I just, it, it, it focuses me. It centers me. Right? That, that, that rod centered him. What, what, you, what we need to do here is we need to hold this and let this center us and hold on to the word of God and allow the word of God to center us and hold us and keep us and reassure us when we're uncertain. We need to go to the word of God because he is for you. And maybe you feel like God's leading you, but you're still not sure. So let me ask you some questions that, that can help you understand about God's will. Number one, have I given this, an, excuse me, have I given this enough time? Is this a knee-jerk reaction to something, and I'm just saying it's God because i got to make a decision now? Have you given it enough time? Number two, are my motives pure? Check your motives. Are, you, are my motives pure? Or have I got some kind of selfish ambition and vain conceit involved in this? Do I, is my vote motives pure? Do, does it, my plan align with God's word? Does, do God, does God's word, does my plan align with what God says about it? Have I sought wise counsel? Talk to someone, ask someone with a wise counsel. Hey, I need, I need to run this past you and let you, let you know some things and see if you can help me. Do I feel pushed or rushed? God's not going to push you or rush you. Is, is this a wise decision? Well, how do I find out if it's a wise decision? You know, well, you, you find out if it's a wise, wise decision by saying, okay, if I do this, what are, the, what are the consequences? What's the pros and cons of this situation? You know, the good things are a, B, C, D. You know, the, the cons are A, B, C, D. And then still, when you look at that, sometimes God will have you do some things that the cons are going to outweigh the pros, but you know it's God, so you've got to do it anyway. Number six, do I have peace about it? Does my spouse have peace about it? Is it consistent with, with Scripture? Can I find in Scripture where this takes place or something like this, some kind of form of this situation that, that is in, in Scripture? See, some people, some people don't read the Bible, and I, I figured this out this week, really. I mean, it's so simple, but to me, just, this week just opened my eyes up. Some people, because I'm asking, why don't people read the Bible? People don't read the Bible because it exposes them. They don't want to open up the Bible and read it because the Bible is a mirror. It's going to show you how you should live, and it's going to show them they don't, they're not living right. So why? I'm not going to open that up. Why? Because there's a mirror inside. And when I read it, it's going to tell me how to live. And I'm not living that way, so I don't want to read the Bible. That's why people don't read the Bible. That's why Christians um, don't really want to read the Bible sometimes. I'm, I'm, I, I'm set to God, but I'm just struggling in some areas, and I don't want to read the Bible. But, but the thing is, is that will make you stronger. And number eight, is it a decision that honors God? Will this honor God if I do this? 
We have to surrender the, the God things, make the good things in our life for the God things. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 says, Then Jesus said to them all, If anyone would, anyone would come after me and deny himself and take up his cross um, daily and follow me. We have to deny ourselves, our own wants, our own things for God's um, desires for us. Now, <clears throat> the word says that God gives us the desires of our hearts. That does not mean whatever you want, he's going to make it happen. It's saying that he gives you the desires of your heart. He puts the desires in you. So if you want to do something, the chances are God put that desire. If you say, I just had a weird feeling. I just really feel led to do some outreach. I mean, I, I, know, I know that um, we have different people in here that, that have, have different outreach ideas that, that, that they want, that they're thinking about doing. We're talking about doing something with the men. You know, Rick was talking about, he said, I don't know, I just kind of feel like I, I want to do a little bit of outreach and I want to minister to some homeless people and do some things. And, and I told Rick, I said, you know, that, that was God putting that in him in his heart. That's just not him saying being a good person. Hey, I think I want to do this. God gives us those desires. Where did that desire come from? God gives us those desires. So deny yourself. Deny means um, uh, arna amahi. Arna amahi is the word. It means to reject, to deny, or refuse. We refuse ourselves, reject ourselves, you know, and take up the cross and follow Christ. Until you reject your own will, you'll never truly be a long life follower of Christ. Because you'll never commit to him. You're always holding on to yourself. We have to reject today's culture. The word of God says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You want to know God's will? You've got to reject the culture, this world, and say, you know what? I'm not of this world. I'm not going to be conformed to this world and act and think and do the things that they do. I am a Christian. I don't have this up here on the screen, but, but Psalms 143 and 10 David, David prayed and says, Lord, teach me to do your will. He didn't say, teach me to understand your will. He didn't say, teach me to, to, to know your will. He didn't say, teach me to find your will. He didn't say, teach me, to reveal, teach me and reveal your will. He didn't say, Lord, manifest your will. He didn't say, please disclose your will to me. He said, Lord, teach me to do your will. You, lean not to your own understanding. I don't understand it, but I'm walking in God's will. I'm walking. I want that. Like I said, God's not going to hide it from you. If you want to be in God's will, you probably are. But, but, but when we get over here on the, our track, yes, you might have took a, a track over here, but you're still in God's will. And God's like, okay, i got to get you back in the center of my will. It's kind of like the, you know, those little zzz, on a road when you're driving? You know, those, little, those, little, those little speed things let you know you're running off the road? So, you know. Some of y'all, like me, you hit them a lot. Um, you know, that you're still on the road, right? But you're just off the path a little bit. That's, that's, that's a warning saying, hey, you're about to get off track, right? Same way with God. You're living your life with God and you get off track a little bit. But you're still in God's will. You're still on the road. You're still doing it. God's like, let me just ease you back. Let me, let me work it all out for your good and get you back here in the center and help, me, help, help you to do your will. See, there's no buttons, there's no buzzers, there's no confetti cannons that, that says, hey, you're in God's will. Ding, 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 ding. See, and we as humans want that tangible. I want to know. I need it written down. I need you to show me. Pastor, I need you to tell me. I need somebody. I need a buzzer. I need a light to go off. I need a red sign. I mean, a red siren saying you're in God's will. You're not going to get that. If he has a will, and he does, and he wants you to know his will, and he does, and you, are be, you will be held responsible for your will 
for, for his will, and he will, then he's not going to hide it from you. It's not going to be a secret. 1 Timothy 2 and 4. He's going to hide it where? In the most obvious place in Scripture. 1 Timothy 2 and 4 says, Who wants everyone to be saved to understand the truth? I'm talking about God. God wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. That's his will. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. It does, it's a couple of scriptures that does tell you what his will is. It says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is the will, God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. It's God's will for us to, to be thankful. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. God's will is for you to be holy. Okay, now, like I said, holiness is not talking about you, you dress where you don't see your ankles and you don't see your, 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 your armpits and stuff like that. But, but the thing is, is that being holiness is a lifestyle. Okay? It's a lifestyle. So I want to tell you, I want to tell you seven stumbling blocks to getting in God's will. If you are any of those seven things, chances are you may not be in God's will yet because of the fact that these are things that are stumbling blocks from getting there. If you're a very critical person, you're always critical or jealous, very jealous, then, then chances are you're just a stumbling block. Or if you're unteachable, you're unmoldable. If you always brag on yourself, it's always about you. You're self-indulgent. If you're always angry or you, all, you, all, you always have conflict, there's always conflict. If you're always bitter and you never get over stuff. And if you're rebellious, and I'll just do it my way. If you have any of these things on here, these are things that, 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 that are, are, are warning signs. These are your bells and whistles. Not that you are in God's will, that you're, you're getting out of God's will. And we've got to be careful. Because, because, you know, I find myself sometimes being very critical. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm sorry. Let me, let me get back. Let me get back, you know. Um, and we want to always have these things and understand them. God's will is found in God's word. God's will will never contradict God's, God's word. If you want to find God's will for your life, here. I preach a whole message to tell you it's right here. You don't have to ask nobody. Read. That's it. It's that simple. We make, we make God's word so hard. Oh, I don't know what God's will for, but just read. He will show it to you. He will confirm it. He will let you know. His word will speak to you. This word speaks. Not when it's just sitting there, but when it's open and it's read. It speaks. There's a voice that comes from this that will tell you, and you'll feel it, and you'll know it. If you want to know God's will for your life, quit seeking everywhere else and start reading the Word of God. God will work all things out for the good that those love Him and call according to His purpose. It's that simple. I could have told you from the very beginning, but I had a two-second message. You want to find God's will here? Well, you know what? Because last night we're going to sleep an extra hour today because we lost an hour. That makes up, right? So I could have done that, but you made it short so we can go home and sleep. But the thing is, is I wanted to give you some, some context and give you some critical points, some, some, some stumbling blocks and some things to help you understand. So quit worrying so much about God's will. Just, just, God, I just want to please you. God, just lead me. God, okay, now that I know I want to be in your will, that means I probably am. So let me start reading and kind of get a little definition of your will for my life. You know, I'm there. I'm in your will, God, but now I need definition to your will. Not like definition like what it is. I mean, maybe the better word is refinement. God, God, get the hard edges off and kind of smooth me out a little bit of the direction you, wanna, you, you have for my life. Just trust God. 
and be willing to step out and say, you know what, God, this is a big deal, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust you. Because I feel like that. Like I said, you know, I, I, in my life, when it become, becoming, a, becoming just a, a licensed minister and ordained was a big, I was like, wow, Lord, you're talking about you, you, got, a, you got a microscope on you. It just kind of increases to a big microscope now. You know, you're, you're bigger, you're held more accountable. And more people's going to look at you, okay? As a youth pastor, I always got, I can hide behind the pastor. Well, well, pastor said, you know, pastor, I don't know what I'll do now, pastor. You know, now I'm the pastor. That's a big step. And, man, it was outside of my, I'm like, I gave God all kinds of reasons why. God, I'm the best number two in the world. Can't nobody top me being number two. I love being number two. I will serve. I don't have to be number one. I'm not prideful. I don't have to be number one. I'm good where I'm at. I will serve you, and I will show everybody in the world the best number two there ever has been. Because I'm good with number two. I don't have to be number one. I don't want to be number one. And God's like, you're going to be number one. And I was like, okay. I know. I, I, I got confirmed. It was confirmed. I prayed about it. I sought I saw wisdom. I, looked, I read scripture. I did all the things that we talked about. And I had, to, I had to get rid of my criticism and my jealousy and my unteachableness and my brag and, and all this kind of stuff. Well, I, yeah, but I'm a great youth pastor, Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the greatest youth pastors. You know what I'm saying? I got it. I know. I've been doing this for 18 years. I know what I'm doing. I'm preaching youth camps all over the states, and I'm doing this, and I, I, I'm, I'm, you're done with that. You're done, son. It's over. There's a new, there's a new day for you. So I had to step out in, in God's will and do what God wanted me to do. And I'm still stepping out. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still trying to find his will. And God, I know I'm the, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm the pastor, but you've got to refine a little bit more. For, what do I do in this situation? How do I handle this? What do I do here? How do, where, do we, where do we go from here? God, there's a new year. We've got a pandemic. God, what do I, don't, I, there ain't nobody to get wisdom from. Nobody knows what to do but you. There's, no, there's not a pastor in America that's been through this pandemic. So God, you're going to have to show me because I can't go, I can't ask nobody. You know? So we just gotta, you just gotta step out and go and say, God, I just submit to you. I just submit to you, and I'm gonna just walk. And and I told, I told somebody, I'm, I'm gonna walk, and if I, bump, if I bump into this, I'm gonna walk over. I'm just gonna keep walking, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna believe that you're gonna have doors and walls everywhere. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm like a, a spiritual drunk man trying to get to the door. And but I, I'm, I'm gonna hit. I'm, but I'm not. But the thing is, if you're not moving, you're not gonna bump into nothing, and you're never gonna get there. The first key to, to being in God's will is taking a step. Somewhere. Okay? Yeah, but you're going the wrong way. But you know what? God will show me. Oh, that's not the way. You know, and you're going, okay, I'm going, that's not the way. You're going to keep right on bumping and keep bumping and keep bumping and, until you finally get. It's okay. It's like a little child. When they start walking, what do you do? You put your hands around them, right? Because they're going to, oh, come on, come on, stand up. That's what God does to us. He's got his arms around us, leading. Come on, you got it. And he's going to lead us and guide us into the ways of righteousness. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today. We honor you for who you are. We respect you, O oh God. Thank you for your presence that has been here all day today, Lord. And I'm just praying that they felt that at home as well. But God, in here, your presence has been um, uh, just uh, incredible. And we thank you for that. Thank you for touching your word today, God, and speaking to our hearts. And thank you for speaking to me. And God, I just pray that, that you help us go this week and do your will and be willing to step out and do what you've called us to do, personally and as a church. God, that we step out and we, and we don't look at, 
at you, Father. And we don't say, God, but, you know, but we just had our fifth anniversary. We're not like they are. They've been here 15, 20 years. And God, they're much bigger than us. God, help us to say, no, you know what? You're going to be with us and you're going to guide us. And we're just going to step out and do what you called us to do. So far, everything, Father, that you've ever asked us to do that was bigger than us, we succeeded at. So help us to, to sometimes look back at the victories that we had in order to look forward to the bigger victories. Thank you, Lord. You never left us. Not for a minute have you forsaken us. And we just love you and honor you today, God. Bless us. And Lord, let us get an extra hour of sleep today. In Jesus' name, amen.